Hi, good morning, church. Uh, welcome to our first ever online gathering in this manner, which means a gathering where every one of us uh, is not together in one place physically, but virtually at our own respective homes. One of the things that we've um, been talking about or we've been trying to, to build as a value, as a culture of our church, is where we want the church to grow bigger and smaller at the same time, which means we, we celebrate uh, collective big gatherings. We, we even love the word big days to commemorate like Easter, Christmas, or any special events, big days. But at the same time, we want our church to grow small at the same time, which means we want to make sure that it is not just the celebration that is big, but the relationship, the bond with one another is dear and intimate to each other. We've come to a place in a history of humanity where we are facing this now. Uh, it may not be by our own choice, but I believe it's good to test the strength of how willing we are and how beautiful that becoming a small church can be. I, I know, you know, in, in Jesus' life and ministry, it was not all about the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000 or the preaching on, uh, on the mountains and, and thousands gathered together. Jesus valued a lot of those moments when he could spend time with his disciples. Um, they would go for a walk together. They would pray together. And Jesus actually loved going to visit people from home to home, not just mass healing, but a personal touch with uh, his disciples and the people that he come in touch with and minister to. So this week, I want you to know, even though it may not be the coming together in one place collectively, God is still present. The Holy Spirit is still very much at home with you right now because He's in your heart, He's in your spirit. At the beginning of this year, we set out a theme uh, called Shift. We, we want to move our church from a place where we always, probably not only, but more often than not, we trust God for provision, which is not wrong. I think God wants to provide for us as a good father. But there's something that's missing is that maybe after a, a, a season of being provided for, we probably lost the ability to, to fight for what God wants us to have. So I've prayed and decided to bring our church to a place that we learn to take possession. And that's what the children of Israel had to learn. They had to learn to take possession of the promised land that God has given to them. In the New Testament, Jesus wants us to take possession and it's not land, but the hearts of the people. And I want to really shift this because ultimately, what does it mean to have Jesus in our lives? You know, you don't want to be a Christian so that your life become more convenient, your life become more comfortable. You don't want to become a Christian so that you can be blessed. We, we, want, to be a, we want to be a Christian or, or the, the meaning and the value of becoming a believer it's because Jesus died for us and that changed the entire ball game altogether. It is not an upgrade. It is a total renewal. It is not just uh, shifting us bit by bit, but the Bible calls us a new creation. We were spiritually dead, but now we're spiritually alive. We have the Holy Spirit within us that, that give us that ability to cry out to God, Abba, Father. 
And, and it was with all this in mind that we decided to make shift the theme of our church. And, and you know, a lot happened. Uh, it's the third month now. Uh, the world's changed so drastically in just this short span of time. Uh, Olympics are afraid that it may be cancelled. Uh, football games are cancelled and then on, cancelled and then on. Uh, gatherings are not certain anymore, whether the government allows or ban. What is the size of the gathering that is allowed? Is a big crowd more dangerous or smaller, more intimate crowd more dangerous? Companies have uh, staff working uh, from home and airlines suffer because people don't fly, people don't travel. But in all this that happened, you, we actually begin to realize that there are, there are a lot of uh, little, little things that we don't see happening at the background if some things change, as simple as people traveling, how it affects you know, the, the, the chain of reaction that happened as a result of that airports are quieter, pilots have to take pay cut, and uh, you know, banks have to actually restructure loans for the customers to curb this impact. But, but the, the, the beauty of this I see is the strength of humanity on how we are, we, are, we are adamant, we're determined not to lose to a pandemic, but we learn to stay strong together. We learn to support and strengthen one another. And, and, and in the beginning of this year, the, when we launched SHIFT as a theme for our church this year, we launched the first sermon series entitled uh, New Grounds. So we want to talk about what New Grounds it's all about. We want to talk about why we need to take new grounds and, and what are those new grounds that it's meaningful to you personally uh, as an individual because your spiritual development is our uttermost priority. Otherwise, why, why come to church, right? Why, why do we preach? It is to make sure that you grow in depth in your knowledge and understanding of God so that your life is transformed from the inside out. And, and, and new grounds also means what are the new territory, new places that you want to uh, take possession of. And so I want to take us back to Exodus chapter 14, the, the period of time when, when, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. This is the first departure. And, and in chapter 14, then the Lord said to Moses, well, yeah, if you have your Bible, uh, this is the comfort of your home now. You can actually just open up your Bible, your notes, uh, and the beauty of online. You can, you can actually uh, pause so they can write down, really write down notes. And, and it's a shift. It's, a, it's a really a shift. It's a shift of how we do church, how we do worship uh, in a more powerful and meaning way and more intimately as well. Okay? So, so make sure you get all your stuff. And I also want to say, right, uh, happening at, in this season, you know, with giving facilities also made available. Uh, it is actually, you know, we see the hand of God at work behind the scene in all this. Okay, let me, let me, let me come back to this. Exodus chapter 14, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and then came near P. Harry Roth between Migdol and the sea. 
they are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and, I will and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and lost their services because they were free slaves, right? So he had his chariot and made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots. Can you imagine, right? Pharaoh prepared 600 chariots and knowing that, you know, historical basis is about 2 million people, 600 chariots to Pharaoh was enough along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. Don't, don't miss out on some of these things. They, they were quite bold when finally they were delivered by God. They were quite boldly marching out and, and almost a victorious feel. The Egyptians... All Pharaoh's horses and chariots, chariots, horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they encamped by the sea near Pihiroth, opposite Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. So, so now they left. They, they seemingly had victory. They looked up and they saw Pharaoh's chariots his chariots and the horsemen and the army and everything. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in, they marching after them, they were terrified, the Bible says, and cried out to Moses. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Can you just imagine for a moment how fickle-minded and, and how quickly the, the people that Moses was leading changed. And, and this is really like something for Moses to realize that it is going to be like this quite a bit in the days to come. One moment, they march out boldly, leaving Egypt into the promised land. And then the moment the first challenge or the first optical surface, they were terrified. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us here to die? Are there no graves? Were there no graves? In Egypt, didn't we say to you in Egypt, they said, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. How quickly from a place of victory, they want to revert back to a place where they were familiar, familiar with the torture, familiar with all the um, uh, uh, excess work. They rather endure that than taking new grounds. Perhaps this is something that all of us have to take a moment to consider. If we are not able to take new grounds in our lives in this season or the next season or in this phase or the next phase, why is it so? Is it the fear of uncertainty that is paralyzing us from taking that next step? I mean, we are in the midst of a pandemic now. Fear gripped a lot of people. But we are a people of faith. We are the faithful followers and servants of God, child of God, we proclaim all that. 
God's hands is upon us. It doesn't mean that we, we, we have the room and the space to be reckless. Oh, I'm not afraid. I can do this because the Lord will bless me. I, I don't want us to also come to a place of weak theology. Oh, just because I give my offering, I give my tithe, I serve God, therefore I will not be affected. No, faith has to couple with wisdom. And, and here, the faith is crippled because they were afraid of the uncertainty of the new grounds. They rather go back to what was familiar. Are we ourselves in a place where, you know what? God, I love you. I love you before. I've given you the best times of my life. New grounds is kind of like, you know, I know what's ahead. I know it's exciting. I know it's great. But it may involve more sacrifice, more hard work, uh, something more difficult. Maybe God, leave me alone. Let me serve the Egyptians, the, the, a picture of the past. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. The, the people just constantly thinking about if the future is bad, we're going to die. They don't see that if the future is challenging, the hand of God would be bigger. I want us to live life bigger, to live life because the God of the universe is dwelling on the inside of you. It, it shouldn't just be, it is not a battle cry. It's not, it is not a tagline of the pastor. It is something that should exude from the inside of us because why become a Christian if you're not going to let the God of the universe to use your life and, uh, and display to the world the, the God that is in you, the, the beauty of your life, that even in the midst of challenges and difficulty, there's a God that you can trust, that you can rely on. And, and so, so then Moses answered this, and I think in this context, uh, maybe too often we, we, we think that it is, like that, because we don't read on. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Moses said, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. So if you end at verse 14, you will think that, okay, you don't have to do anything now. The Lord will fight for you. Now, how, how do we actually apply this in our lives? How, how do you apply it in your work? Like, okay, just be still, the Lord will fight for you. Does that mean I don't have to work harder at work, in my work, or, or I don't have to work harder in my school? Or even in this, like the decision that we make together in the leadership team to, to decide to go online uh, this weekend uh, for our church so that there's no physical gathering. What does it mean that the Lord will fight for you? You need only to be still. It doesn't mean we don't do anything. And, and why do I say so? Because that was Moses' answer to the people. And God shifted that whole entire mindset in the next verse. Because then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. So, so, Whereas Moses was thinking that, hey guys, you know what? If you stay quiet, the Lord will fight for you. You don't have to do anything. So, so 
in a sense, Moses saying, okay, we pray to God, we trust God, we believe God, everything will be okay. But then the, most, then the Lord said to Moses, hey, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. So often, we want God to move for us when God wants us to move on ourselves. What's the step that you need to take? We, we have been given wisdom. We take steps that we are faithful, but we're not reckless. So that is why there's no gathering. It is not a, a show that we have no faith as a church, but that your well-being is important to us. Your, your, your health is important to us. And more so too, that with the availability of technology and all this platform that is made available, it actually helps us. And I look forward to this myself to test the strength do we actually believe that as a church grow bigger, we have to grow smaller at the same time? Do we actually believe that as a value that we want to subscribe to live by? Or is it just a, a tagline that sounds nice during conference? If gathering as a family to worship God is not something that we look forward to, although this is, again, it's not by choice, then what are we saying? Are we just saying this to make our church look good? No. Intimate relationship to me is the most profound thing that God has ever created because we serve a God who is not just powerful and mighty, who is not just, just big. This big God is a small God in that He yearns for us to build an intimacy with Him. As you worship God with the band earlier, in the comfort of your home, does that give you that desire, that longing? Wow, if I can do this every day to just be so intimately close to God, God will be pleased with me rather than, you know, sometimes it, it probably feels like I have to do the right thing, raise my hand at the right time, you know, sing all the right words, pray or pray in tongues, sing or sing in tongues but our heart is actually far from God. Our mind's still preoccupied. No. Moses cried out to the people and said, the Lord will deliver you. Stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be silent. I am sure the Lord will fight for us. I'm sure there are times we need to be silent. But in taking possession of the new grounds that God has promised us, it is not us crying out to God only. It is us moving on. What do you have to move on? How do we do it? Verse 16, the Bible says, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water and the Israelites can go through the sea and dry ground. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea. Today, what is the staff that is in your hand? I believe the staff that is in our hand is authority that God has given to us called the Holy Spirit. And it's no longer just something that only Moses has. All of us have the Holy Spirit. All of us have a staff in our hand. And that staff is more powerful than the staff that Moses had. It is the Holy Spirit of God Himself. How, how, how is the Spirit of God shaping your life? How is the Spirit of God helping you to make bold decisions to step up in your life.
How does it affect the new grounds that you want to take when it comes to your work, your family life, your raising of your children? How should it affect you or, or biblically, according to the Word of God, how should, that, how should that shape our lives? New grounds, to many people probably breakthrough in their work, breakthrough in their family, breakthrough in all these things. But this morning, I want to highlight to you as you take time to write down the notes, you know, and you have all the space and time. Uh, this service is not very long. In fact, this sermon is not going to be very long. That the new, one of the more important new grounds that we want to take is not outside of us, but the new ground that is on the inside of us in our hearts. We want more faith and less fear. We want more courage and less stepping back. We want more taking ownership than less living for ourselves. The, the new grounds that I want to talk about is the new ground deep inside our heart. How has our heart been in uh, this last couple of years? Are you too overwhelmed by work, by the many things that you, you, you think that you have to perform and achieve? Are you too overwhelmed by family life, like kids growing up, bills that you have to pay? I want us to know that if we as Christians, because we all can be overwhelmed, I, I, I have been overwhelmed many, many times. But the difference is that we have God. We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. That God's promise may not be that you will never go through problems or struggles or defeat in life. God's promise is that He will walk with us. He will journey with us in the midst of your darkest times in your life. His protection is His presence is with you. And so, and so, if you have been defeated, beat down, beaten down by, by all these pressures or expectations or family requirements or bills, it's time to take a step back and take possession, take ownership, take the new grounds, shift something in our heart. What is the thing that really matters? You know, are we providing for our family way more than we can, that we add on too much load on ourselves? <clears throat> or are we keep thinking that, oh, when I was younger, when I have less responsibility, life was much better? What is it? We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It really should change our perspective. Not an upgrade, but a total change of how we live our lives. I, I, am, I am not as young as I used to when I started out pioneering this church that we've built together. But it really makes me think, in all these years, what we've been trying to build and achieve, what is the future going to be like for all of us? And this shift should prepare us for that future. And, and, and the future of all of you, me, the leadership, everybody, 
It's really in realizing God in every spectrum of our lives. That we have to come alive. You, you, you got to be way more excited. You got to be way more cutting edge. You got to live life even larger, even fuller. That you cannot like, oh yeah, you know what, pastor, cannot serve God lah, very busy lah now. It, it, we should be even more alive, more hungry, more longing because this God that is on the inside of you is no longer just the one season God, the good time God. You have already experienced this God that you know in your darkest time and your best days of your life. This, this God that you have come to know not just by head, not just by reading, but a God that you have come to experience in your personal walk with God. And, and, and so that new grounds within us is a renewal of our spirit of wanting others to experience this God as well. That even in the midst of defeat, there's victory. In the midst of retreat, there is a marching forward. And, and you, you get what I mean? You, I, I don't want us to, to live our Christian life as if there's no God. You know, the way we raise our children, the way, the, the way we fear about their future, we fear about our future. And now with this pandemic, we're fearing the future of the world, of our business, of our companies. Is it the right response for the faith field community? Because if we only look at the circumstance, the trouble, and we depart from looking at God who is in control of everything, we will only see fear. We will only see defeat. This morning, as you sit around with your family, I know some of you, you may have younger kids. Maybe, I don't know when you're going to watch this with your husband or if you have a teenage family, that'd be great. You have a family time of worship. To, to really ask ourselves, how do I want to live my life from this day forward? How, how do I want to represent God? How do I want to make manifest the God that is living, the God that is on the inside of me? Take time to reflect. Take time to really intimately, deeply, and dearly draw closer to God. I don't want us to live our lives and then suddenly we look back and say, oh man, I've just lived my life paying bills, raising kids. There's no adventure, there's no walk, there's no trust, there's no, there's no enlarging of our lives. Don't, don't let fear dictate the day. Don't let, don't let the pandemic or, or whatever that is happening in our world, the, the gloominess and, and talk of recession. Neither am I saying, oh, let's proclaim nothing's going to happen to us. It's also foolishness. But, but there's something in us. There's something in you. And that is the God of the universe. And with Him, you can take new grounds. New grounds at work. New grounds at home. New grounds in your ministry. New grounds in, in your walk with God. I, I want to pray with you. I want to believe with you. I, I, I just don't want us to, to live 
our lives with regrets smaller than what God has designed us to be. You know, if, if, you, if you have, uh, 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 you know, the gadgets are all in front of me now. If you have a, a microphone or, you know, like a, yeah, a microphone, say you have a handheld microphone, and, and that's the original design that God has meant for you to be. So, so you are a microphone. You, you have an on-off button and you are wireless. You are designed to transmit message and broadcast and, and, and amplify something to the world. But then you, you didn't realize that, that you are actually a microphone. You, you, you think... You, you are a rolling pin or you think you're just a round rod. You think, you know, you are just, I don't know, like a, just a waving stick or, or something. And, and, uh, and so your whole life, you, you just roll around like, you know, rolling pin or just be a rod, something that a child can play with. Can, can you imagine when suddenly one day you realize many, many years later and you look back, oh man, I have been thinking that I was only a rolling pin. That's why I roll pasta. Nothing wrong with rolling pasta, okay? But, but you're not living up to that original design that God has for you. You, you, you. you didn't become the microphone that was meant to be used to amplify volume to spread out a message. Don't, don't. This lifetime is a gift that God has given to us. It is not very long. Take possession of your own life. Let God work His way in into the deepest depth of your heart. Let God be made manifest as you raise your children, as you go to work as you serve Jesus, don't, don't lose that ability. Don't, don't lose that spirituality in you. So it is my prayer. It is my hope that in the midst of all this, we still take new grounds. We build deeper. And I believe God with all my heart. If we focus on the Word of God, we focus on God, we focus on Jesus we will all come out here from this stronger. You will realize that human resilience is stronger. And how do we know? It is only as a result of tests and challenge like this that you know how resilient we are. I pray with you and I will trust God with you that next week's going to be a better week. This thing will come to an end and let's don't let it stop everything that you have in your heart to do. Let God be even bigger. Live your life full of faith. Live your life full of courage. Be all conquering. Be all wise. Be all faithful. And I pray that this first edition of online gathering will benefit you as we draw to a close. Take time to reflect. Write down your thoughts. Uh, maybe something that you have been doing uh, when you were younger, but it stopped for a while. But today's a good time. Service is not very long. And, uh, and write down what God speaks to you. Is that cool? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for 
technology that has made virtual gathering like this possible. We can worship God in the comfort, safety of our home, with peace in our hearts. We can listen to the Word of God. We can write down notes. We can pause. We can play again. We can repeat words that we missed. We can highlight our Bible. We can write down words that you speak deep into our spirit. We can also give so that when we come back from all this virtual gathering, the resources of our church is not hampered. But Father, we give you thanks. Let nothing stop us. Let this be a new platform for us to reach out to a community that will probably never come to church. I pray that as this message goes out and the people begin to comment on the video, you'll be a part of that community. You'll be a part of replying and saying how this season has drawn you closer, deeper, and a great understanding of who you are and who you are made in the image of God. Father, we are not reckless. We are careful. We are not fearful, but we are wise. God, minister to every one of us, I pray, because the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in all of us, and we share that great life so God, we thank you. We pray that you continue to guide us. We pray that you continue to let your life be made manifest, yet you become more, we become more aware of you now than ever before. Thank you, God. And uh, we look forward to a great week with the Holy Spirit, with faith and courage in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.